Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School right here in the heart of Chicago. I pray that you find hope and peace in the message of Christ and Him crucified for you in your life right now. Thank you for listening. And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here, uh, please go to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org to donate. Thank you. He is risen. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Jesus rose, you could sit. That's kind of the gospel right there. And they lived happily ever after. You recognize that phrase? And they lived happily ever after. Do you like stories that end like that? Or is that kind of cheesy for you? Kind of naive? Some for little kids. And they lived happily ever after. The phrase was likely used, first coin, we see it in Italian drama when a couple was married. The sort of hero and heroine of this story are married and uh, in Italian. I don't know it. I love to know. I love Italian, uh, but I can't speak it. And they lived happily ever after. Do you believe it? Is that how marriage works? When you get married? Oh, did I see some shaking of heads there? These beautiful uh, decorations on our pews came from an awesome wedding we got to do here a couple weeks ago with Chris and Bita, and they had this beautiful decoration. It looks like a wedding decoration. Did you come in here thinking, that looks kind of like a wedding decoration of marriage? I hope you did, because that's what it's from, and it fits right into the theme. And they lived happily ever after. But we know if you're married, it's not really how it works, does it? It's a beautiful day, and it was a couple of weeks ago. Everyone's dressed to the nines. Beautiful ceremony, the vows, etc. And they lived happily ever after, and they go out the door. League of their own. Happened right here, actually. But we know tough times come. Things aren't smooth. Seldom does it end And they lived happily ever after because we know we're not naive. It doesn't work like that. We might like that ending, and we might love rom-coms, right? But they never win an Oscar. Anybody going out into film work? Your rom-com will never win an Oscar. It's got to be a tragedy because that's life, the tragedy. That's uh, the story of someone who almost makes it, but inside of them is the tragic flaw. That's what defines a tragedy. It's a hero. It's the uh, protagonist. But, uh, and it looks close, and they're about to do the right thing, but they do not. They screw up their own story. We read a bunch of them, right? Hamlet is a great one. Uh, Streetcar Named Desire, they're all tragedies. These win Oscars because this is what reality feels like. This is the story of humanity. And so when you hear the phrase, they lived happily ever after, you don't believe it, do you? That sounds like a fairy tale. And I bet your life doesn't read like that either, does it? You don't really have the guts to actually believe in fairy tales. Today, I want you to try it. 
I want you to put it on. What if? What if your life is a fairy tale? What if your life actually will end up looking more like a rom-com than a tragedy? Because he is risen. Hallelujah. But his story is not just his. And today we are not just celebrating how Jesus lived happily ever after. But I want you to leave celebrating how you will live happily ever after. Matthew tells this little rom-com, if you will, at the end of chapter 28... He says, after the Sabbath, that Saturday, where everybody had to not do any work, they put Jesus away Friday night, and they had to do no work, right, for the Sabbath day rest. And the first day of the week, toward the dawn, it wasn't even, it was even before, by the way, who ran this morning, 6 a.m., it was before that, that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb wouldn't you love to be the other Mary? There's all kinds of Marys. It's okay. It's like a Scorsese movie. So they go because they had to finish the job. But they're going and they are, they are reading. We all read scripts. We're all just readers in a script. And their script is a tragedy. And they're reading and they're living it. And they're going to expect to find a dead body. And they're crying and... They're in a world where the good guy gets killed. All their hopes were in this Jesus, especially Mary Magdalene. It's the only friend she had. But this is how it always goes. Somebody seems to screw it up. People screw it up. You ever wonder what's wrong with the world? You are. (laughs) That's the sad joke. (laughs) We're the problem. And so they go to the place where dead people are, and they go with a dead-end story, another tragedy, and they're used to it, and they're comfortable with it, and they're crying like you're supposed to cry, and they're going to say their last goodbyes like they've said before to many others, and they're going to dress in black, and they're going to mourn, and they're going to wait for another sorrow until their own. That's the story of humankind, it seems. And that's why we're not too gullible to believe in an ending and they live happily ever after. And maybe you've come here like Mary Magdalene and Mary expecting to find a dead man. Matthew tells us this. Behold, there was a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord descended from heaven and rolled back the stone and sat on it triumphantly. Like when you're a a bigger brother and you sit on your little brother, like, boom. (laughs) Not that I've ever done that. It's a power move. Don't try this at home, kids. Sat on the stone. His appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, this is the irony, the brilliance of Matthew, for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Who's really dead in this graveyard? Those frozen in fear? Or Christ? 
or you. But the angel said to the woman, don't be afraid. Powerful words to live out your story. A story that we all have that's unknown. What's going to happen tomorrow? We don't know. Am I going to get that job? Is this going to turn out like I want it to? We have a fear of our future, don't we? I think so. Because we don't believe in happy endings, really. In fact, I think we don't believe in happy endings because we're protecting ourselves. Because we don't want to be let down. That's how I am. I'm a pessimist, by the way. I'm sorry. As your pastor, I'm a pessimist. My default's pessimist. Don't want to get my hopes up. Because I hate the feeling of being let down. I'd rather be surprised by something good. And so I play that superstitious game. The angel says, don't be afraid to lift up your chin and look forward, to look into the grave. Do not be afraid to you about your future. Don't be afraid because I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here for he has risen. As he said, he said it all along. Jesus comes through on his words. So think about that. What has he said to you? You're forgiven. What has he said to you? You're going to rise again. He comes through on his words, people. And then the angel says, look, if you need some proof, he's not here. And we have scientific proof, legal proof, as they're peering in, unless you don't trust these women, unless you're anti-women, they're looking in empirical evidence there is no Jesus. It's a fact. Jesus dying and rising is not actually an article of faith. That's reality. That's history. There's more evidence that it happened than otherwise. The smart person would say, yeah, that happened. Faith in that is something else. To live as if that happened is what I hope you leave here with. So she leaves and sees indeed and the angel says, there you, he says, uh, he's risen from the dead. Behold, he's going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. And then they departed quickly from the tomb. Now listen to this, and if you want to read it. They departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. I like that real response. To really, if you really did know that there was somebody who was dead walking around. I don't care if it's your best friend. That's a little scary. And anything new is scary, even if it's good. The children of Israel were released from captivity and brought into the promised land, and they were scared to go forward in freedom. This was a frightening time, a little bit. They've never stepped into that sort of story where there's good news at the end. Can you really believe it? And so they leave with fear, but also great joy, if this is true. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. Doesn't it sound terrible, by the way? Greetings. Is it what the risen Jesus, his first thing he would say would be, greetings? That is so nerdy. Never, a pastor should, pastors say this all the time, it's the worst, I think it's just terrible. Like, greetings, my fellow, you know, Nerdville. 
This is a common phrase that you'd say. And that's what happens when you use common phrases. They lose their meaning. So for the Jewish people, shalom is one too. What does it mean? Peace, but it became a common saying. So you say it all the time. It's just like when you say, how you doing? We don't care. Something you say. So rejoice, uh, greetings actually means rejoice. But they'd say it so often, maybe it sounds like greetings, meaningless. But it has meaning now. The common phrase shalom, for Jesus to say it, peace, real peace, sin's forgiven, it's going to be okay. Rejoice, he fills up this word now. Rejoice. There is hope even for the dead. Rejoice, he says to them. And they came up to him and they took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. And I love that grabbing his feet because you know that's what you would do. I bet everyone here has someone they would love to grab the feet of that they haven't touched in a long time. And if you saw them, you would grab them and smell their breath again and their hawk embrace so they grab his feet and doggone it they're not going to let go and Jesus says what don't be afraid and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me too he is risen hallelujah This is not a story just for Jesus. We are not celebrating Jesus' story of death and resurrection. The hero came back, Clint Eastwood movie. He will live happily after. No, they will live happily ever after. You will live happily ever after. Because Christ has come into your story. That's what Christmas is. We talked about it last Christmas. He enters in your narrative, your story. That's what son of man means. He is the human being related to all of you. And this human being, God in the flesh, enters our story. He becomes you in your story. He becomes the protagonist in your story. He is the hero in your story And he has taken upon every temptation, as we've talked about. Walked beside the worst and the broken and the most despised because he will not let anybody out of his story. He pulls everybody into his story. Even the thief on the cross. Nobody is alone or far away from Christ. He has come to pull you into his story. And then takes it and all of our shame and all of our guilt and he takes the story of ours that's going down like every tragedy that you feel in your bones. That's why you like the tragedies because it's real to you. You can relate. And he takes it and he buries it. That tragic flaw of humanity, yours and mine, and he nails it to the cross and he receives the punishment and he receives the tragic end. And then buries it. And then changes the story, the trajectory of humankind in himself. Rising again. 
so that we can say of human beings, sinners even, we can say, and they lived happily ever after. Because Christ is risen. And he has told you he will raise you up as well. And he has brought you into his story so that you can say, I want you to leave here saying it. I want you to try it right now. And I need to try it too. Let's say it together. And they lived happily ever after. Ready? And they lived happily ever after. It's true. Christ is a preview of what you will enjoy in a community resurrected with those you love, with no more death or sin or sorrow. It's coming. And now I want you to actually believe it. What if it was true? What if you knew your story's end and it was that fairy tale ending, but it's not a fairy tale because it's already begun in Christ? Would that change how you behave? Would you be more generous because you don't need to just hold everything up because you're just saving up and just grabbing everything now because you only live once. You're going to die and that's it. So you better grab every experience and stuff and don't share it. Or would it free you? If you know you're going to be okay, you can give away to people. You can be kind to someone who's not kind to you. You have nothing to protect. God's got you. You can love others. You can forgive someone and not worry. They might hurt me again. So what? I'm forgiven and my story is I will live happily ever after. You can be generous. You can be positive. What if you looked at your tomorrow in a positive way, but not some silly naive way, but it's guaranteed in Christ that tomorrow will be okay. And it changes suffering. It changes brokenness. Your life now because of Christ has become a rom-com. And those difficult times the Lord uses to strengthen you, they're not the end. You don't have to run away from suffering like the world does today. And by any means necessary, how dare I suffer, which is a lie, it doesn't work. You don't need to. You can embrace it. I'm not saying it's easy. Because you've been given eternal life in Christ. These things are not the end, but it's just God working with you. Because you know your story ends. Let's say it together. And they lived happily ever after. He is risen. He is risen. Hallelujah.